You're listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network. Now the largest new media platform on the web and your number one source for after-show entertainment. Very good, the AfterBuzz Studios in Los Angeles, California, presented by Maria Menounos and Bing.com, and streaming live thanks to Akamai Technologies. This is AfterBuzz TV's The Following After Show. We'll break down tonight's episode and get you all the latest news and gossip. And now, another post-game wrap-up show for your favorite TV show. It's AfterBuzz TV's The Following After Show. All right, Bing is for doing, and we are here doing the following season one preview. Now, obviously, it's a preview show. We have no show to go over yet. I'm here with Joe Braswell. He's a producer from Extra and ESPN's Greatland.com. He's also in various documentaries. Welcome, Joe. We're at Grantland.com, but welcome to you too, Joe. And I'm also here with Nando Velasquez. <laughs> He's a producer most recently from Attack of the Show. Nando, how you doing? I'm doing great. I'm excited to finally start talking about this show. Oh, it's been buzzing forever, forever, hasn't it? Oh, yeah. Following. We're ready. Yeah. Uh, We're ready. So, all right, so this is Kevin Bacon's first TV show, for real. Right. He's never done TV before. Um, never synopsis, starred. Never, never starred. starred. Never yes, starred. Yes. He's yeah. never, never host, never, never starred, right? Well, can, we count, guest stars. can we count um, Taking Chance? That's a what's that's a Showtime. Yeah, well, I feel like that's more of a limited run type of thing. That's true. Right? Yeah, it's a one. It's a one off. One off. It's, it's, it's still a movie. It wasn't a series. Yeah, exactly. His first like, series. His, absolutely. His first network. Television. How about that? His first network TV. It's Kevin. Are you prepared to let that go? I'm, I'm done. Well, <laughs> you know, the interesting thing is he was looking for a TV show, and he said he thought his first starring role would be on a cable TV show. So the fact that he's right. on Fox. So Kevin Williamson comes in, yeah. and uh, and and he and he puts this thing together, and he tries to. Make it a, basically. It's a it's a cable show for network, which is well, you know fantastic. Yeah, I, I didn't introduce myself. Pardon me. I'm Joe Sanfilippo, and uh, and we are very excited to be here taking care of this Woo. for you guys tonight. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> um, the synopsis of this show and a basic kind of an outline. This is uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but this this is all about Joe Carroll, mm-hmm. who is a serial killer that Kevin Bacon's character has put away. Right? Yeah. And from prison, he's created this network of serial killers outside of prison in a cult like manner. Is that? Seem that's pretty much uh, that's the pretty basics close. without uh, without getting too into the twists and turns about it. I mean, we, sh- we should say actually that Nando, being the big shot that he is, has actually <laughs> seen the first four episodes. We, oh man! Well, I, so. I'm going to try and take a back seat just because I don't want to spoil anything because that's not what the idea of a preview show is all about. It's right. not about spoiling anything. But I think what what could be said is obviously Kevin Bacon plays a, a former FBI j- agent who is retired after putting away the serial killer Joe Carroll. Right. And when the story takes place, what we can say, especially people have seen. Um, what little is on the web right now is Joe Carroll has escaped from a maximum security prison, and right. it turns out that he has had some help. and uh, And as the the logo that Fox is promoting is, even serial killers have friends. So I think that that pretty much uh, <laughs> that pretty much says what the following may be about. It's a serial killer slash cult. So you're saying it might be a little dark. There's a possibility a, for darkness. Well, you know uh, the the fact that the show is on Mondays at nine o'clock, which 
is the, the, the spot that I most loved as the 24 spot. Yes, 24 yeah. was their seven, eight seasons, and, and I believe Prison Break was on, but I always think of that slot as the dude action slot. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And Kevin Williamson had said that 24 was his favorite TV show, and, and I think he wanted to emulate that. And I, and I believe from what I have seen and what I can say that this has the suspense and the action that 24 had. Well, I got to ask you, I know Fox has been a tremendous amount of money promoting the show mm-hmm. and been a lot of hype and we're all super excited about it. I mean, a great you know billboard campaign. There's a great bunch of trailers. Does, you've seen four episodes. Does it live up to the hype in your opinion? Uh, I, I will say this. When I first... I, I saw the first episode back in the Upfront season, which for people who don't know, Upfronts is, happens in May every year and it's when the networks talk about what's coming up in the following season. Right. The upcoming season. I don't want to say following when it, we're not talking about the show because that might get confusing. Right. But out of all the pilots, and they usually send pilots out to all the TV critics and all the people, uh, all the industry people that need to see these shows, and I was fortunate enough to get a lot of them. And out of all the shows that I saw, the following was by far my favorite. So I was really super excited to even oh, be here for this. And the most disappointing thing about the following was after I saw it, Fox announced that it was going to be a mid-season show, right, and here I am seeing the first episode, which ended on a big cliffhanger, and I have to wait, or right. you know, we all have to wait. But I, after seeing the first one, you want to see more. Yeah, some so, of us have to wait a lot longer than you do, Nando. Well, you haven't even seen the first episode yet, know. so you'll get to see it every <laughs> single week, and we get to talk about it every single week as right. these episodes come out. Some so I'm still waiting for six more days, pal. We're, we're, <laughs> yeah, we're still in the countdown time. Uh, well, you know, grass is always greener. No. <laughs> I want to talk about Kevin Bacon because the choice the choice he made to come to television he had he had some prerequisites right he had some he said I will only take a role in TV if well right? I think, I think it was, there weren't so much prerequisites as, as he was looking for a specific specific type thing. of character like he wanted he talked about he wanted to be the guy to be heroic mm-hmm. which is check from what we know yeah he wanted the guy to be um, I think he said the complicated character as we all want so he wanted to be some some, some depth and some comp- not just a straight hero some complicated character it's check. Heroic yet flawed, and then he mm-hmm. wanted. I think the third one was action. He wanted. He wanted action and excitement, right? He yeah, it, overall he wanted. Uh, he wanted a really good script. I yeah. think that was the thing. He was looking for something good, and I think I think that's why he originally thought he was going to go on cable with all the good shows that are on cable as opposed to broadcast. I think that's what he was looking for, and then when he saw Kevin Williamson's script. Uh, he fell in love with the character f- for those reasons, really. I right. mean, it was a heroic character, a lot of drama, heroic, flawed. There was something for him to work with. And and really, the action and suspense of the script, I think, kept him... He wanted to keep doing... It's something that you don't just do one episode, and then that's it. You just keep reading and reading, and, and it really compels you. What's going to happen next? It's one of those movies. Right. Wasn't that shows. He said that he, he read eight scripts back that he couldn't put it down. Like, he was... He kept, right. he was exactly, yeah. yeah. Which is, I, I hope, is reason enough to get people excited. I mean, Kevin Bacon is... Sometimes polarizing, but we all we love Kevin Bacon here. This right, yeah, this oh yeah, room. yeah. We all love. Ke- oh, I, that's no, Joe no, I, no, 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 no. I'm I'm just trying to figure out who doesn't love Kevin Bacon. No, I mean, <laughs> I mean, but I feel like some people, you know, I don't know. They, Kevin Bacon is fantastic. I think there are six neo Nazis right? in in deep Arkansas that don't care for Kevin Bacon. Other than that, I think everybody <laughs> oh, loves Kevin Bacon. I don't know about. That. I don't think they want to announce that they don't like him because I think <laughs> they uh, probably they'd be in the minority for so, sure. So my point to this is, if Kevin Bacon is coming from coming from being a movie star and coming to television and has picked a script of, of, of hundreds and hundreds of script, I would say that it's probably pretty good. Alright, so let's talk about Kevin Williamson then, who put this all together, right? Mm-hmm. 
Now we've got Absolutely. Kevin Williamson. We've got uh, uh, we got the whole Scream franchise. Yeah, I know what you did last summer. Vampire Diaries mm-hmm. and Dawson's Creek, which is kind of like the I don't <laughs> he's, know, he's like, following so much like Dawson's Creek, right? surprisingly <laughs> so much like Dawson's Creek. Out of all of those, it just begs for the Vanderbeek man. No, I know well, what you, he, he did. I know what you did Summer Sim too. I uh, well, you know, I know that came out after Scream. That was part of the whole Scream phenomenon. I don't thing. think that was, I I that think that was him. No, I don't it think he did that. One. I don't think he did that one. I just want to fact check you here, Joe. Uh, well, should we fact check? I'm not going to call that. you out. Just, I'll, well, I'll look it up. Yeah, okay. look it up. I mean, I, you know. I'm not. I'm not standing by it. If I'm wrong, but, I'm wrong. But I, did you did you drop the the Dawson's Creek? That's the one. I said Dawson's Creek. Okay. No, you did say that. We're okay. joking about that. All right. Well, Creek, uh, you know, the, the idea for the following did come from uh, come around the time he was making the Scream movies. So from the Gainesville murders. So he admitted that. And and as I. I I see Scream when you think of all the horror movie franchises when you think of the Nightmare on Elm Streets when you think of the uh, when you think of the Friday the 13th when you think of Halloween it's always the same killer he kind of comes back from the grave right. or whatever yeah. but what's interesting about Scream is that even though it's always Ghostface every single uh, movie had a different killer and in a way I don't want to say it's a cult, or I want, but it's almost like a following. Whoever the killer is from the, the sequels kind of was captivated by the story of the original or, or from from those murders. That's a great point. So, so what you're saying, a prototype. Yeah, because you're saying so the Scream movies had one central killer initially, but if you if you put them all together, they're all sort of different ki- different killers with the same... Yeah, but just imagine, it takes, what, a couple of years to see another Scream movie every time he did another one? This is something that's happening... Every single week, you don't know what's going to happen next, and right. and you don't know who else is in this uh, in this plan of Joe Carroll's. Well, right. let, let me ask you this, and this is a little off topic, but it's it's been bothering me since I saw it in the, in the first preview, and I can't get it out of my head because yeah. there's something so compelling about someone who's willing to do this. The gal that that stabs herself in the eyeball. Oh, oh. spoiler! Just, uh, no, it, you've seen it on every preview. I haven't. Seen, this, what happens? Well, if you've seen, if you haven't seen the preview, see the preview before we spoil anything else. No, I'm kidding. Uh, but <laughs> there's, I'm there's really sorry. Oh, <laughs> there is a scene. Yeah. Oh, anyway, the scene with with the we we just said that. So let's just talk about that. That right. scene. What about it? I, I just I. I I just I'm always so fascinated that we're we're always so horrified by violence, but we're more horrified when people are willing to do something to themselves that is so dramatic, right? I mean, oh yeah, I mean, well, what captivates someone to do that? That's something to be said for the power of this villain, of right? this guy Joe Carroll, Joe who Carroll. is not only. Uh, assembling people to part of his plan, but he has people that aren't just, I guess, serial killers in their own right or trying to be, but he has people who are willing to hurt themselves in so, the process. So he's coercive enough to make you... I mean, that's this is my point, I guess. She she gets she gets naked and it looks like a DMV. I don't know where it is in this scene. I haven't seen it. It's a preview show. We it's haven't clear, seen it. It's clearly a DMV. Naked in the DMV. Next time. Tonight on Fox. <laughs> But because uh, we but, know there's a lot of action that happens in the DMV. But she takes out this enormous knife, yeah. and she's covered in writing, yeah. and she stabs herself in the eye, and and you're you're left with this sense like like she's been coerced into this. So what kind of an evil character has the power to coerce you into well, that's stabbing yourself? That's in the what's eye? so fascinating to me about the show. I love the idea of. Kevin Williamson creating this sort of this this new villain, this new right. this, this new villain that's so. I mean, you know, we the, the Hannibal Lecter comparisons have been made and all the other stuff, but like, you know, he's a he's a bad guy. He's also a compelling guy, and he's also a seductive guy, and, and there's a lot a complex cult leader slash serial killer that we have. That, that's creator. our that's our guy Joe Carroll. There, that is our our lead villain. Well, and, 
I was going to say, I was going to add to that. It's it's not so much that he's evil. I think it's just he's charismatic. And one thing that I, I heard him talk about in interviews over and over again, it's not that he is convincing anyone to do anything. It's never about that. He sees the emptiness in certain people, and he fills that void. He, oh. And that's what that's what he compares it to. It's like these people want to do something with their lives, and he gives them purpose. Right. So it's not so much like he can just walk up to you and say, hey, guess what? I'm going to make you into a killer. I'm going to make you do this. But he's very charismatic, and these people themselves obviously have a flaw in themselves, and they're looking for something, and they're looking for someone to lead them. So the idea is that he's one step deeper than that. He's not giving you specific instruction. He's unleashing your madness. He's someone, exactly. He's someone who could actually, uh, he, he's almost like he puts the seed in you that you already have. You already have the soil. You already have that plant. He just literally nurtures it. That's the way he Ooh. is, and that's something that you'll that's see that. uh, in the first four, and hopefully in the more episodes, you'll see from some of these people that are involved. Well, now back to Kevin Williamson. That is, so we know that you know he's done a bunch of TV shows, Dawson's Creek, and a bunch of movies, but they always seem to be sort of young adult, teen themed, if you will. Right, mm-hmm. so themed at that is, eighteen to twenty four. Right. So and this speaking is really, of Kevin, sorry, um, he did do. I know what he did. Last I time. did. Told you. Uh, awesome. You I love right. you. Hold you, Joe Sanfilippo. You yeah. and me, right now. Every that's time. Right. I knew it. I knew it. Thank what you. happened? Uh, so we. I'm sorry. You were right, Joe. I just haven't heard it yet. You were, you were right, Joe. I, I wasn't was sure. I, I wasn't sure. Joe, you were right. Thank you. Sure. I appreciate I'm that. No, I'm sorry. You, you were right. Uh, well, no, but this is so. This is Kevin Williamson's first foray into adult, like strictly adult. I mean, I don't, you know, like uh, on television. Yeah, on television drama because yeah. mm-hmm. we've done Vampire Diaries, Vampire Diaries, which is you know more sort of teen, young adult teen, gothic teen. romantic. Mm-hmm. Type. We've done uh, obviously we mentioned Dawson's Creek, yeah. and the screen movies are sort of teenish. So um, I'm really interested to see what he's able to do um, with with this sort of action suspense mm. adult drama on prime time. Oh well, again, just seeing what he's done uh, in the genre in in movies, you know, you know he has it in him. So this is just a chance. If anything, it, it's interesting to see. Whereas a movie, I think you have a little bit more freedom in two hours. The the challenge is to make a compelling weekly uh, show that has that the same right. kind of suspense that some of his horror movies have had. Well, I'm, I'm excited to see kind of how they uh, how they shot it, the style they're using. It seems like they're using a lot of handheld, and they're trying to go for this the the camera always moving constantly in motion, yeah. Yeah. trying to put you in it. And it, there, it seems like there's very there's a lot of attention paid to not letting you be detached from right. the action. Mm-hmm. And I'm I'm very excited to see how that feels and see how that plays. Well, there's a lot to be said about that. I mean, like one of the big first handheld action shows that I loved was The Shield. That was one of the, that's a conscious right. thing that Sean Ryan did, have this sort of documentary over the shoulder, a lot of handheld, a lot of movement, and uh, that was great for that show. It's sort of a cops meets, you know, action feel. 24 actually had a lot of stuff like that. Oh, 24 yeah, a ton of it. Had a lot of, so this is, uh, I, lo- I love the idea of that, and it looks looks fantastic. I'm really excited about the show. Yeah, it obviously. prevents you from being a, 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 a just straight voyeur, and it almost forces you into it. It draws mm-hmm. you in because uh, you feel like you're there um, in the action. I agree. I, I feel like we, we, we didn't give enough uh, attention to Joe Carroll as a character because I think what, 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 what Kevin Williams has done here is put together this amalgamation, and, and I, I have a thing for British accents. I think they're <laughs> conceivably... Yeah. It, and you, it, do a, you, do a, you do a fantastic uh, British accent. Joseph. It just seems... You, you have one of the best British accents I've ever heard in my life. I, 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 I suspect you're being hateful, but I, uh, I just... I, I feel that they they had the language first, and they did it right, and then and then we, we, we flattened it out and made it somewhat ugly over here, but that's okay. I, I think um, I think giving, giving this character to a Brit... Um, 
it almost seems like it has to be, doesn't it? I mean, you've got an English professor, who, Edgar Allan Poe, and, and, and all this gothic romanticism. And then you've got James uh, Purefoy going, in that, in that wonderful British accent, just saying these awful things. And and how, like, does that, yes. how does that work? How does that British accent sound there, John? You want me to do it again? Did you need to hear it again? I didn't quite hear it's it. It's a wonderful British accent. He says these terrible, awful things. And you're like, yes, be my friend. Um, there was a little like Sean Connery, Connery in there. Yeah, yeah, I heard a little Connery, Connery in there. <laughs> <laughs> just a tiny <laughs> bit of Connery. Con- con- Give me some Connery. Was there some Connery in there? It was all Connery. Uh, yeah. This time she's she turned her back on me. It's terrible. <laughs> so Nando was telling me earlier about, so speak, speaking of which, you know, was talking about how, uh, you know, they brought him in. They wanted him to use, and his, do an American accent. They right, you said that. have a similarity yeah. to, to. Well, exactly. I was, at a, I was at an interview where, where uh, he was talking about that. And I guess they wanted to. I mean, when you see this, you'll see it. it there definitely is a little bit of a similarity to Silence with the Lambs between, um, Silence of the Lambs between uh, Bacon and, and Purifoy. And they wanted to try and separate him from the whole Hannibal Lecter type of character. So they originally apparently had him audition with an American accent. But I think after hearing him in a British accent, they just figured, you know what? It just sounds so much better like that. And and he really does. There is something like he's a professor. He is a literary professor. And I guess when you think about literature, you you can't help but think about uh, about, you know, the British, you know, Shakespeare of all things, you know, so many, you know, dominant British actors out there, you kind of can't help but think that way. So it really adds to the character, if anything. And aside, and aside from Hannibal Lecter, actually, when you think of serial killer, you think of a specific type of white male, obviously. You don't really think of, you know, sort of a, a, a charismatic, you know, British professor mm-hmm. type. So he is very much playing his type in that respect. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, when you think of, when you hear all the serial killers, especially the one that, that I guess uh, drew Kevin Williamson to doing this, the Gainesville murders, it was a vagrant. So he was just imagining, what if it was somebody who was uh, captivating? That, that interview is so tough to watch, too, because I love Kevin Williamson, but that interview, he, he seems so callous in that moment. He's like, yeah, I just wished he'd been a better serial killer. I just, yeah, it was kind of, that was kind of funny. Right. <laughs> well, we also just, you know, I keep, I, the, the, the TCA stories are, are great and beyond, but we're talking about, you know, uh, Purefoy has been very vocal about sort of comparing himself or comparing Joe Carroll to other serial killers. Oh, I love it. Yeah, I love it. I, I believe it uh, I believe it was in Comic-Con uh, where he actually said uh, Dexter Morgan was a pussy. Oh, or, I or, or, I, I'm not sure if he said that at the panel or if I heard that someplace else, but I know for a fact I heard that. And uh, what was interesting is I, I heard him last week. He actually was on the record and he said, uh, he said Hannibal Lecter had no innovation. He couldn't, he didn't have like a long-term vision. He could only see as far as his next meal, right. so which I think is funny. That's, trash talk. Like, like, yeah, this is like trash. This is like a beef, like a hip hop style cereal like off, cereal right? Beef. Yeah. East Coast, West Coast. Yeah, this is like Tupac and Biggie. Tupac and Biggie. <laughs> <There you> go. <laughs> this is like Hal versus Joe Carroll. But you know, <laughs> saying that because considering people haven't seen this yet, it's really interesting. He's already trash talking, and no one even has seen has yet. seen the show. Seen yeah. the show. So that's it's, some confidence. It's well. Not for anything. It's like you haven't dropped your track yet. You can talk all the trash you want. Right. You know, it's actually a great place for him to be at. Yeah. You can, he can <laughs> that, talk that. all the trash he wants. Oh, you know? And it's a great way to promote the show. You Absolutely. know, it's like if you're a Dexter fan, you're like, really? All right, right. let's right. see that. I'll watch your yeah, show. Yeah. I'll, I'll take a look. And James is like, all right. <laughs> <laughs> so we have. So we, we we went through you know Kevin, which is great. I mean, and, but do we do we do we go back to Kevin number one? Because I'm really. You, you feel know, like we've given Kevin Williamson uh, short shrift? Do you feel like we've given Kevin Bacon no, short shrift? I think we give Kevin Bacon a short. 
I, I can't imagine Swift? how we did that, but we probably well, he's did. Got such a small biography he, and uh, you know well, filmography. I, I, I wanted to express my. Um, yeah. I love Kevin Bacon. Did we talk about that already? I think you covered that. Yeah. Right, so, and I think we've established there are seven white supremacists in Lower Arkansas, oh, or Alabama. Well, where have we decided? You, let's not you, 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 that was me that said that. that. No, but I don't want you know. Yeah, you don't want any part of that. I, I, I respect but, that. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, but so, so Kevin. You know, I just want to see him in this role and, and yes. him as this as this as this lead person. You've seen him in action in the previews. He looks fantastic. How's he? How's he do? I got to say this before we. Get, yeah. Did he make a deal with the devil? The man has not aged in twenty years. It's unbelievable. He, he's stunning. Yes, he yeah. is a good looking guy. I, I just, I mean, that's just pure whatever fanboy. I love you, whatever. I, I just yeah. got to say, the man has not aged. It's creepy. I love him. Yeah. It's unreal. He's, uh, he holds together well, that's for sure, yeah. All right, that's all I got on that. All right. All right. So how, so how's he doing? <laughs> There's the love for that. What, what I saw <laughs> what, what I saw in the previews, I feel like I see some some Emmy-level acting and performing, just basically what I saw in the EPK and the, in the previews and the trailer. Am I, am, I over, am I overreaching? Well, you know, talking about Emmys, oh boy, that's, 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 a, that's, that's a high standard it. right there. That's but I, right I will now. say, I, I, I mean, it's to the same level as 24. You know, yeah. to Keith Sutherland and Keith 24. Yeah, he, he got some nominations. I don't know if he ever won, but he got some nominations. Uh, I, I could see Kevin Bacon getting won. nominations. Oh, he did? Oh, he won. Yeah. Okay. All right. You know, can we can we fact check that one? <laughs> We're just throwing fact checks. We're making you work for your money today. <laughs> I got to be, be right about something. <laughs> I had nothing to do with this I got to be right. I just want to be right about something today. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I mean, they're definitely the acting is, is pretty top-notch on here. I mean, Purefoy in particular, uh, I, I think he's somebody that a lot of people aren't familiar with. Mm-hmm. Um, and just seeing him... Uh, and Kevin Bacon, and for lack of better words, cat and mouse type game, right? Uh, you know, it's just uh, it's just really awesome to see the two of them uh, go head to head. Well, I love the structure of Kevin Bacon's character. Like this Ryan Hardy character, you got this alcoholic who was stabbed in the heart right before he left the FBI, right? By yeah. Joe, Carroll. by Joe, by Carroll. Joe Carroll. And and then of course he turns around and he sells the book, right? Which obviously is going to be what he's making his money off of from then on, right? Is that do I, do I have that right? Uh, yeah. Okay. So then, so in a way, it becomes a symbiotic relationship, right? He's left the FBI because of Joe Carroll, but he's able to live afterwards because of the book about Joe Carroll, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's uh, does that no, that, that sounds right. No, okay. no, no. But I was, I was wondering is you know the other major sort of plot point here, which is mentioned, but I don't know if it's a spoiler. There's a bit of a love triangle happening, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I, I think. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of characters uh, on the show, but the the three big ones really are Kevin Bacon, James Purefoy, and then Natalie Z, who plays Natalie Z. Uh, plays she Joe Carroll's an ex-wife. unpleasant woman to look at. She's, I don't understand how people can stand to see her on television. I, I, I completely uh, agree with you, ugly woman. In an alternate universe, because she's beautiful. Do you think we can get her to come here? <laughs> no, uh, we'll see what we can do. We, we love us some Natalie. Yeah, she's oh, gorgeous. She's great, wonderful. But uh, the love triangle really is because, uh, well, while she's Joe Carroll's uh, ex-wife. After they divorced, she had a relationship with Jack Hardy. Right. So uh, and there lies the, the triangle. Well, Ryan Hardy. Did I say Jack? I meant Ryan. Ryan Hardy. So there lies the the triangle there. And and to be honest, just like you said before, there is a little bit between Joe Carroll and uh, and Ryan Hardy. There is a little bit of a Symbiosis. an attraction as well. So yeah. so it's really yeah. really an interesting triangle because there definitely is a push pull. It's not just about one woman and two men. It really is about how these char- these three characters relate to each other specifically. Absolutely. Absolutely, it doesn't right. seem it doesn't seem cheap. I, I you know, and that's that's got to be the challenge with something like this is to make it not seem gratuitous, and that's always the challenge with creating a new villain is to make to make a, a motivated villain. Sure, and it sounds like uh, it sounds like Kevin Williamson went to great lengths to create this this character that is motivated not by 
just wanton destruction, like you were saying about the uh, about you were mentioning earlier about just uh, these horror franchises like Halloween and Jason. All this. Right. these are unmotivated killers. You know, at some point they have a backstory, but it's, it becomes irrelevant. But this, the whole thing drives from one place, which is kind of interesting. Yeah. The other interesting thing about Natalie, I just want to say uh, because I know it's been it's been brought up in interviews, is she has a major role in Justified, and she's already mm-hmm. said. You know, usually when someone's in two big TV shows, you kind of assume well their life's going to be short in one of them. But she's already said that her work schedule fits in perfectly between the two shows. Yeah. So there there seems to be no, you know, no clues or anything as to whether or not she would not be around much longer considering I got it. it's got to be we've a death seen toll. That. I mean in, the, yeah. in these modern times we've seen we see yeah. it with my uh my my girlfriend, my girlfriend Allison Bree, who's on Community, <laughs> as well as uh, I thought she Natalie. was my girlfriend. Natalie, oh, no. she's, she, so I mean, so when Natalie Z, if she ever up, catches you outside her house, man, I'm just, <laughs> I'm just telling you, it's gonna be ugly. <laughs> and then, but but Natalie unjustified, and so yeah, I think that's, it's fine. It's all Fox too; it's all in the family, so it shouldn't be a problem. Yeah, I, I, well, I guess they could always work with it, but right. uh, yeah, I'd hate to be the guy in between arguing with two different directors and two different uh, set. Uh, oh no, no, she'll be there. She'll no, 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 okay, she can't be there. That's got to be a rough spot. One thing I wanted to bring back up that we're talking about the sort of the dynamic between you know uh, Kevin Bacon and James or uh, the two characters is you know it's been this trend lately in the last sort of ten years to have this this main character that's this antihero. So we had you know like you had like a Tony Soprano, you had like right. even like a Vic Mackey in, mm-hmm. in the Shield, and then lately. What I find is we have a, a hero and a villain, but you give them these heroes and villains of equal screen time. I, I, we talk about this on, on Justified. We also do the Justified uh, after show. But, you know, you have uh, Raylan and then you have, um, oh, jeez. I'm uh, now my own show. I forgot. I forgot. Oh. <laughs> Raylan. And wow. I'm oh, trying to. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. Unfortunately. I'm not, I'm, I'm not justified versed. Um, I'm not justified versed either. It's, it's but I understand what you're show. saying. You're saying yeah, 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 you, got, yeah, yeah. you got two characters Boyd, getting... Boyd, jeez. Boyd Crowder. Oh, Boyd, Boyd, Boyd. Equal points of view. <laughs> My brain exploded. So you have you're Raylan Boyd and equal screen time, equal points of view, so this, this symbiotic sort of like yin-yang. And it as, as an audience, you mm-hmm. find yourself... I find myself unjustified wanting to see as much of Raylan as I do of Boyd, as much of Boyd as I do with Raylan. I think that what Kevin Williamson is doing here is probably something similar similar where you know you're not necessarily rooting for Joe Carroll but you know to see him on screen and have that sort of back and forth you have these two equal parts pushing each other yeah and is that is that, is that your assessment having seen four episodes already well there definitely <laughs> there there is I mean without I don't want to like I said I want to I want to control what I say right. just in case but there is a little bit of a put like I said it's a cat and mouse thing so they definitely are playing uh, against each other right. and and there's certain information that Joe knows and there's certain information that Ryan knows because uh, you know the they, that they share with each other, so the, so you get to see both sides, and there is a lot of backstory too. You get to see one thing that they do use a lot of uh, in the four episodes, not just the pilot, is they do show a lot of flashbacks. So you do get to see you get caught up, you get caught up, you get to see a little bit of Kevin Bacon's past and what happened okay. to him, and you get to see a little bit about what makes other characters tick and what you know started uh, a, a lot of what's going on. You get to see uh, some flashbacks. For is there a lot of that? Is, that? is that a huge part of the storytelling? Is it's it? not in the same way as the event was. It's not as um, the distracting right. as when the event had it theirs or even lost after lost, a while the, lost the is really big right. for that Ooh. it's not it's not the same but I think it definitely those shows especially lost has right. made the flashback more 
palatable. relevant. Yeah, I guess yeah. I guess more relevant than TV, and I'm not necessarily always a fan of it. Uh, but I didn't notice getting, it as much. Are we? So, but are we getting some linear storytelling here with a yes. few flashbacks, or is it like are we jumping around? No, you're getting okay. linear storytelling with with a couple of choice flashbacks here okay. and there. Yeah, well, that's good. That's what I feel. That's good to know. Yeah. So I, I want to talk about the name choices, which I know is a goofy thing to bring up, but it's not. It's not a mistake. Mm-hmm. The name Joe Carroll. If you just he sounds like a good guy. Yeah. I know that's a weird thing to bring up, but you say Joe Carroll. We say Joe first of all. Well, you think, great come on, guy. you think of a great guy right. and a good-looking guy, <laughs> great-looking guy, handsome, dynamically handsome, and humble. Yes, always. Humble. This is this is both your parents talking, yeah. <laughs> obviously, right? This is both of you. But Joe, I'm sorry, continue. Joe but I I just think of a good guy, and I love that that you've got a uh, Hannibal Lecter, Professor Moriarty type character with a little bit of Charles Manson sprinkled into it. Sure. And you took all those bad names. I mean, Professor Moriarty. That's a tough name, you know. <laughs> Hannibal yeah. Lecter, that's a tough name. And you went, you know what? His name is Joe Carroll. Right. And you and you made him a, 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 a what you call it a, a, a literary professor. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can just it's it's so wonderful. You just you just have this velvet wrapped fist. I love it. It's just right. a beautiful concept. And I'm totally excited to see where they go with this all year long. And I'm very jealous that you've already seen four and you can't even. You're like, ah, like well. well like I said, I, I, I think I'm a, I'm almost at a, at a disadvantage in a way because there's so much I'd love to talk about, but I, I know certain things. So it's like, oh man, I can't talk about it. And I don't want to, I don't want to be the jerk that says, oh, well, I know. But, uh, so, but I, I really am uh, really truly a fan of this show. And like I said, I think, I think the main thing that I can say, uh, honestly, is it really is about that trio. Uh, there are other characters that come into play and there's some really interesting things that happen. But I think usually a, a good drama or a good story really involves the protagonist the antagonist and and uh, and maybe what 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 actually you know and and you have that with these two guys and you have the the love life and and it's really really what draws you in regarding you know regardless of all the twists that are going on sure. and you said you know i mean you, you it was your intention to only really watch one i you swear know, it you, was only my intention you didn't well, want to jump ahead but well, it was so good right well i, I was lucky enough uh, like i said uh, the tv critics for the television critics association they all got a screener of four episodes and i was luckily um, considered one of them uh fox is very good to me sometimes and uh, and they sent me that with a little package that uh, I'll show in a, in a in a following episode, a yes. following episode oh, of the following. Oh, there. God, God how many how many puns of those are going to come out? <laughs> anyway, uh, and uh, yeah, I, I I really already saw the first one in May, so I said, let me just watch the second one, which was a mistake. It, it was kind of like that Portlandia episode uh, it, it sketch with the uh, one more with Battlestar Galactica, where oh, you yeah, just can't yeah, put yeah. it oh, down. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> after the fourth one, I'm like, all right, I'm done. Darn. So nothing else to do, but uh, yeah, like I said, I'm a little bit at a disadvantage, but I will do my best, and I promise I will do my best. You can call me if on it if I if I mess up. I, I I'm really good at at uh, at keeping the suspense. We will hit him with sticks. Yes, we will keep the stick of encouragement handy, and we will beat him about the head. I, and I and I will bow out of any predictions at the end of this podcast. Ooh, yeah, so, yes, tricky. obviously. Well, I mean, uh, do we do we want to touch? Go ahead, I'm sorry. Well, I, I was gonna I was gonna mention the FBI, which I think is is uh, you know with all this stuff going on, you've got this you you you've got this uh, organization that you have to get involved in, right? Because Ryan Hardy was in the FBI, then he was out of the FBI, and I'm not really sure how he got out. Was he was he kicked out? Was he uh, he uh, retired? I, I think the show in the trailer he he retired. He was uh, he had a pacemaker as a result of being stabbed. Right. So it was kind of like that. It was a little bit of that, a little bit of a mental breakdown mental as well. Bra- it was it was thing, a combination right. of the two. Okay, he was pretty much spent. But they ask him back. So they ask him back as a as a consultant. Is that essentially? Uh, yeah, essentially, yeah. Okay, so so he comes back. Now it seems to me in in uh, in, in watching those interviews of Marcos. Um, 
Siega, the, uh, the one of the directors and executive producers, that uh, they they went to great lengths to work with the FBI to get as much information from the FBI as to how this really works, uh, and and how we'd really approach some of these uh, some of these scenes in a real way. And and we got friends in law enforcement. We know a lot of the stuff that goes on on TV is silly, and it seems like they went out of their way to not do that. Uh, you know, they I think he said everything should feel real. There should be human mistakes. The FBI should be going off half cocked sometimes. It yeah. seems like. And how how does that play out? What do you? I think it. I think it. It definitely plays out. I, I, you know, given my prior experience to the FBI, all my years of FBI uh, experience oh, down in Quantico. I, I think, yeah, <laughs> exactly. I think, uh, I think, you know what? The audience these, these days are, you know, TV audience is a lot smarter than than, than it used to be because they've seen more stories and they know more. And You're saying you Joe Friday internet. from Dragnet wouldn't wouldn't, wouldn't, wouldn't hack it right now. Wouldn't hack it. Here, here I go trash talking. Joe Friday was a badass. He was a badass. He oh, was a badass. Talk about um, Joe Friday. It was a different era. It yeah. was a different. It was less complicated <laughs> back then. It was more black and white, yeah. literally and figuratively. He's one of the original uh, L.A. Right? TV cops. Oh, yeah. Holding it down. I will say from before seeing... Before you were born, Joe Sanfilippo, don't <laughs> dare bad mouth my man Joe Friday on, the, on this podcast. Uh, or Starsky and Hutch or Chips or any yeah. of those other ones. Oh, right? What are, you, what are your thoughts on that? Huh? Chips? Can I can I Punch can I bat? Can I go after Ponch and John? No, boy. See? Hold them down not, the freeways right. of Los Angeles of Southern California. <laughs> anyway, uh, the feathered hair. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> no, it's cool. No, uh, that being said, I think uh, I think the audience is smart. If they if they feel like something's fake, they will notice it. And uh, I didn't I didn't get that feeling at awesome. all. So what was the name? Do you remember the name of the unit that he? It's it's it's. A, the, the FBI unit, it's like this... Oh, BEA, something like that? I mean, there's so many acronyms. I, I think, I, I think oh, I always think these things are fake. Every time there's a new show <laughs> and it's like, it's ICE, it's this, it's the BE, it's this. But they're all real. I had no idea that our law enforcement government, government law enforcement has so many different sort of three-letter acronyms. BAE. BAE, is that it? Or is it BAU? Like uh, BAU. Behavior Analysis Unit? Yes. Oh, that sounds like it would there be you go. it. There Criminal you go. Minds. Criminal Minds. Oh, so good. Oh, that's the same, is that the same unit? Are they similar? They they study serial killers. Yeah, oh. they do. The, the behaviors of serial killers. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. The BAU. Without you, we are lost. We we are lost. Completely, yeah. utterly, totally what lost. What about Kiefer Sutherland? Do you want to name me or not? Oh, I Kiefer Sutherland? Yes, that's right. I looked up the wrong dude then. All right. Okay. <laughs> I'll get back to you. All right. That's okay. But keep in mind, uh, I was right earlier. Just... Well, know what you did last summer. Good to know. Yeah, Kevin Williamson. That's what I said. I know. I agree. I'm just agreeing with you at this right. point. I was never, never in doubt. <laughs> um, should we talk briefly about the tone of this of this show? This is a dark show. Yeah. And you know everybody should go in here expecting a dark show. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> One of the things that that uh, when I saw the pilot that I thought was interesting was just. Um, you know, Fox Fox can't have late night shows. They don't have they don't have the freedom that cable has, sure. and they don't even have the freedom. And when you think about it, the same kind of freedom that ABC, NBC, and CBS have, where they have their programming run till eleven o'clock, and they can put a, a show like Criminal Minds, I believe, is only on at ten o'clock at night because it's yeah. it's a bit graphic. Uh, their latest hour is nine o'clock, so I think. There were a couple of scenes, one being the one that you mentioned specifically about right the DMV, that, the DMV. Uh, and the DMV, I was, I was called the DMV, yeah. uh, that uh, seemed so graphic, and I was like, how can you put this on network TV at nine? Uh, interesting. I actually did have a conversation um, 
in San Diego at Comic-Con with James Purifoy about that. And he, he told me for that, the moment of that scene in particular, but also the other scenes, you never see the action. It's kind of a cutaway. It, it's one of those things, you know, one of those little TV tricks where you, you do a cut and you your mind kind of yeah, pictures exactly what not, happened. Not unlike uh, the shower scene in Psycho. Yeah, exactly. Stuff you like know. that. So there, there's a lot of that. But uh, it is dark. Um, it is dark. And, and there has been some talk about it because uh, it is a serial killer drama, obviously. And there are murders and deaths. And sure. and there have been stories in, in the media recently that have uh, been about, you know, mass murders and such. Uh, I think the one thing to take out of that tone, though, um, it has been talked about a little bit. This is this is definitely a story. Kevin Williamson is a storyteller. Uh, you know, he um, he was captivated by these kinds. So these stories have been around for a long time. I don't think um, that should inf- one should influence the other. I think it's a really great story. Again, uh, uh, you know, we've said it a couple of times, and maybe it's because we can't say much else because we haven't seen the show. But uh, or, or, or uh, you know, we but <laughs> but there <laughs> is a hero. There is yeah. a hero. There is a dra- There is a villain. It's a there's a love triangle, so to speak. So I mean, those are the main points. Uh, the stakes are very high. Uh, it's a safe bet to say when you when you're sure. dealing with someone who's killing people, yeah, the stakes are very high, well, oh. and I think that's that's the ultimately the thing to take out of this. This is a really compelling story. Well, we could also say like you know Fox has established this. I mean, there's a there's a Fox tone. I mean, yeah, we talked about Fox doesn't have clearance. They do. They run local news nationwide at ten yeah. o'clock, mm-hmm. and so um, they they don't have a ten o'clock hour, but. They'll, for the last twenty years, we've come to expect some pretty decent hardcore edgy. dramas, edgy 20, dramas. Yeah, twenty four at nine o'clock, and yeah. twenty four was 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 you no. Know, I mean, not even just drama. I mean, edgy comedy, edgy I comedy. Mean, yeah, so, I mean, Married with Children. Remember back in the day, that was sure. as edgy as it got. Fox yeah. is very cutting out, out of all the networks. Fox probably takes the most chances. So I think, so so. I think that we, we that's the way you know we we come to expect a nine o'clock drama on Fox would be you know. Something that would you know it, it would probably be a little edgy than a ten o'clock drama on CBS. And, so. Well, the thing about this that I that, that I think to me uh, is 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 interesting to see how this plays out. I mean, this you've got this obsession with Edgar Allan Poe, mm-hmm. and and Edgar Allan Poe in in, in what he wrote, he, no, nothing was ever gratuitous. There was never gratuitous murder. I mean, the Telltale Heart is one of his most famous, right? And it's all about one murder. And the whole, all of the guilt and the fear and, and, sure. the, and the self-loathing that comes from the one. You want to unpack that a little bit, because what what is a tie-in for for, the, for our audience? What oh, I'm, I'm sorry. The uh, the uh, uh, James Purefoy's character, uh, he's he's a literary professor, and, and Edgar Allan Poe's The Raven is 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 seems to be the throughpiece, and he's building this cult. Uh, basically off gothic poetry of Edgar Allan Poe. That kind of becomes the, almost the Bible of this religion, it seems like. Um, and so so you've got this overarching imagery of this gothic uh, romanticism that that is based on Edgar Allan Poe's work, mm-hmm. and none of that was gratuitous. None of Edgar Allan Poe's work was gratuitous. Well, it was Edgar always Allen, motivated and yeah. tortured. That one thing they mention a lot, is, uh, and it's true, is Edgar Allan Poe saw... Uh, Death as art, in a right, way, and yeah. beauty, right, and beauty as art, yeah, yeah. Uh, as, as something beautiful. Death is something Death beautiful, is, exactly. Yes. He he was someone who lived a very impoverished life himself, and and sure. very artistic, and and I think that's something uh, something captivating in that man. Is I that, mean, there are lots of people who love his works, so there's something captivating in his literature as well. Do you think that's more of a close? It's a parallel to Joe Carroll, or more of a parallel to Kevin Williamson? Ooh. That's interesting. I mean, this, Kevin Williams is not shy about talking. He loves writing about, you know, sort of murder and death and not in a... I think any writer who they feel their work is a piece of art and, and people who maybe do really good horror genre type thing might sure. feel the same way. So I think it does. It, it can apply to both. I'd love to ask him. That's an interesting yeah. question to ask Kevin about yeah. that. Mm-hmm. When we get him on the show. Yeah, when we get him on the show. Very soon. 
Well, I mean, this is definitely his wheelhouse. I mean, you got to think Dawson's <laughs> Creek is the aberration. I mean, everything else is definitely down the I don't air. know if it's the aberration, because one thing he's good at is pop culture, too. And that's what he ties in pop culture with uh, with these types of genres really, really well. Sure. Yeah. Um, do you want to hit some some TCA? I think we could talk about the TCAs. I mean, just, you know, we, we usually do a segment. We'll do, we'll do like a sort of a news, news and gossip yeah. segment. Yeah. But in this instance, you know, we have a guy who was at TCAs, and I, was, I missed TCAs uh, Who was at TCAs? Week. Well, uh, they had a, they had a <laughs> pretty large uh, cast over there. But again, just because uh, some of these characters won't be... Um, clear, or, or I wouldn't want to talk about too many of them. I think the only ones really worth talking about are, are Kevin Williamson, who spoke a lot at the TCAs. We should say what, what TCAs are. Oh, I'm sorry. TCAs are the Television Critics Association. They uh, are a bunch of TV critics who are in an association, therefore the name. They meet twice a year uh, in January and also in the summertime, and all the networks, they pretty much sit in a room uh, every single day for two weeks while every single network shows their, their the cast of their new shows, and yes. it's a way for them to promote their shows, and lots of questions are asked. It's, it's a Q&A session. Sometimes and it's a lot of fun. Sometimes it's a little long. Sometimes, yeah. As, sometimes as a as lot a... of controversy or whatever. <laughs> like, uh, right. I don't even want to talk about the American Idol one I saw. Yeah. But uh, the following one was really really interesting. Kevin Williamson did a lot of a uh, lot of the talking. It was mainly him, Kevin Bacon, James Purefoy, Natalie Z, and uh, I guess I can mention a name. The rest of the characters, in case anyone wants to know, Annie Paris, who also plays an FBI agent, right. Sean Ashmore, also in the FBI, and then these four I won't say who they are, but you'll you'll see Valerie Curry, Aiden Canto, Nico Tortorella, and Kyle. Caitlet, I believe. My man Sean Ashmore, uh, Iceman from X Men. Yeah. yeah, 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 totally. I like that so, kid. And and well, you got uh, and you got Sebastian Shaw on the show too. So yeah, uh, Kevin Bacon. Some... So there's a little connection there. Yes. They weren't in the same movie, but a little connection. Yeah, a little. A little. Well, we won't mention the six degrees. No, we did not mention. Oh, well, that. we agreed did, not to. But, but uh, <laughs> okay. I'm... Anyway, a lot of the stuff that was uh, <laughs> a lot of the stuff that I've actually Take been, been uh, talking about, like in even interviews, came from the TCA. So I, I think I brought a lot of it up. But I think uh, I think one of the interesting things uh, he was uh, Kevin Williamson. When I say he, Kevin Williamson was uh, there was he was asked a question about if he felt any pressure given shows like Walking Dead to bring something uh, to broadcast. Uh, network broadcast as opposed to cable and he mentioned that he thought the biggest struggle with doing a uh, broadcast TV show in particular was just doing what they call a six act um, show because every time you see a commercial break it's kind of like the end yeah, of an sure. act and break? just building the suspense between the end of an act to keep you watching two and a half minutes later and I think that's a really interesting point because uh, again this guy his horror stuff in the past has been movies where you don't have those kinds of breaks right you don't have right. that so the, you're, the you're Boy comes up. You're that, writing something very different, and then a lot of what was talked about was also just about stuff in the news uh, and how it relates. And and I think um, I think he was just very, you know, he he pretty much said he's a storyteller. I, stuff like what happens in the news affects him like it affects everybody else. And maybe maybe it, some of it comes into his writing, but he doesn't use that as inspiration in any kind of way in, in right. that sense. And and they're two totally separate things. Right. Uh, let's see. The the one of the more fun moments is uh, one of the reporters did mention about the relationship between um, Kevin Bacon's character and and James Purifoy and just the the chemistry and the attraction between Uh-oh. the two. So her question was, what, are we going to see you guys kiss later in the season? And uh, James Purifoy pretty much just grabbed Kevin Bacon and just gave him a big smooch. So that <laughs> see, was... you, you can go find that. If you want to see Kevin and James get it on a little bit, 
at the TCAs. Yeah. I don't. I think there's a still photograph of it. Uh, yeah, they don't do. It. Yeah, they don't they do don't video. Really roll video there, they don't but. roll video there. But I think there was a still. I just didn't there's get a chance. Still. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, that was one of the more fun moments. But Absolutely. again, I think everyone there was really exciting, and and some of the characters there. Actually, I really really um, like uh, Valerie Curry, who uh, she's really cute. She's another hottie that, okay. that I think people are going to like a lot. Right. And uh, and and the kid uh, in the show who's actually Natalie Z and. Um, and uh, and uh, James Purefoy's kid, right? Uh, his, oh. his he's Kyle Catlett uh, or Catlett. Uh, forgive me for not knowing. I should have known that. Mm-hmm. Uh, he uh, he's pretty cool too. He seems pretty cool. Um, but yeah, it was a really large cast, and uh, and and everyone seemed very. It was it was the first uh, it was the first panel of the day. So it was a lot. It was a full house. A and everyone's really energy, exciting. Yeah. So I think that excitement is uh, is definitely coming out. First panels were always good. This is the uh, last panel's last day. Yeah, it gets a little long. <laughs> well, it just shows that Fox really wanted to. They, they put it in the spotlight. They put sure. it on before even American Idol. They said, "Here we go. We're going to show you the following." It's, it's, her, it's her signature show. What I will say is, uh, I do have to ask about. Uh, what well, I talk about, ask about, but talk about the fact that Kevin Williamson did make it very clear that no one is safe. I mean, you know, it's, in other words, yeah, it's a huge cast, and I mean, aside from Kevin Bacon, and you know, I mean, I think that we could it's safe to say that from week to week, we, people may be disappearing. Don't get attached no, to he's, this show. He's pretty clear on that. So like, that's, don't that's, fall in love because people are going to go away. Yeah. So. Well, yeah, and and uh, and you don't know who's what. Right. That's the thing too. You don't know who is, uh, you know, the three characters are three, but you don't know who's on whose side. Right. There may be some followers within the exactly. Room. All right. Before we before we wrap this up, I, I do want to take a moment to thank you all for getting this uh, for downloading this on iTunes. Thank you for listening. Please rate us. Um, feedback is wonderful. We love to hear from you. We Five do. is yeah, we do. Yeah. Yeah. Five's great. Five is great. Five would be good. Five would be good. Yeah. Fives. We like fives. Well, this is our first show. We hope to uh, give you a lot more in a- each week at this time to about about this favorite show. Absolutely. Lots lots to think about. Lots to, uh, lots to go over at the end of the show. Um, how do you guys feel about, before we wrap this all up, how do you guys feel about doing a little, um, uh, how do you guys feel about doing a little nerd off? If, if you can find a nerd, okay, here's yeah, the thing. we have to look for one. <laughs> this, this is 2013. Being a nerd is no longer a no, bad I, thing. I'm very, I'm a very proud nerd, and you're an excellent nerd, oh, and huh? and uh, excellent. All you right. are a class grade A. I don't know however how you want to go. All right. uh, Nando. Well, yeah, I mean, the geek shall inherit the earth, right? That's so, just what I'm saying. There you go. So, I am a mid level nerd. I cannot aspire to your level. Oh please! Now, the fact that you said honest. that. Yeah. So uh, here's what I propose. Okay. Kevin Bacon movies. Are you ready? We got a buzzer going here? Well, no. All right, here we go, guys. Let me get, let me get iPads on. Turn off. No, no, turn them off. No, no help. Off. No help at this all. This is straight up back and forth. Oh, Kevin Bacon happened. movies. That's all I want. Just well, go. how do you know we're going to do one wrong? What if we do one borderline? Do you what have do you a list? Do you have a list? Either he's in it or he's not. Okay, we'll go for go, it. Is, is it starring or he's in it? He's in it. Doesn't yeah. have to star. All right, we're going back and forth. We can back and forth all day. Uh, well, you got you got about a minute. So here we go. All right. Who starts? You're going to start. Joe. GMK. Okay. Uh, Animal House. Oh. Uh, uh, taking Chance. Flatliners. Hollow Man. Ooh. Mystic River. Oh. That's a good wow. Uh, let's go Diner. Ooh. Uh, X-Men First Class. Mm. Oh. That's a good one. You got to see their face. If you see their faces, they're calm. Joe's in uh, uh, I, might be, I might be out right now. No, you can't no. be out. Uh, let's go... Um, Let's go Footloose. Jeez. Ooh, good one. A Few Good Men. <laughs> a Few Good Men? A bu- no. 
he was in a few good men. He was. That was just the timer up. That was the timer. I think you can't handle the truth. I think I won. Did I win? I, I, uh, <laughs> if it was hot potato, if it was hot potato, he right, won. won. We'll wrap it up. All right. So then, what, uh, what was? Do you have, what's? I'm, I'm actually done. I think I'm out. I think that I was I'm really. Yeah, I I'm was, pretty close to. I was out. sweating a little bit. I got to tell you guys, look, watching your faces was brilliant. And what happened? Because there was there was a calm that settled over Nando. He says, "I'm in." It's like this Zen Nando <laughs> moment. And then and then you kind of pulled back for a second. I'm like, "Footloose, Joe, what's going on, I know. man?" <laughs> well, I, 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 I've already you know brain farted on Boyd Crowder, but you brought it my back. Favorite character of all time, Walton Goggins. And uh, here I am. All like right, I said, yeah. nerds of the first caliber with tremendous respect. I say it with tremendous respect. Yeah, I appreciate you. it. All right. Well, that is our first show, yeah? Woo, think, yes. That is our preview show. We thank you guys so much for coming by Please. and listening checking us out. I'm Joe Sanfilippo. I'm Joe Braswell. You can check me out on um, uh, ESPNGrantland.com and Extra. And uh, I'm Nando Velasquez. You can follow me on Twitter. I'm Nando Vell. And me, I'm at Brazmataz. It was a pleasure, everybody. You guys have a beautiful night. We will see you next week at this time. From Bing.com, executive producers Maria Menunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later! later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.